was cracking. It is the No One Cares podcast, a show for creators of color, where we talk about music, social issues, pop culture, and much more. As always, I'm your host, Devin, aka Devin No One Cares on all socials. Hope everybody's doing good, feeling great. Um, yeah, and this is episode 60. You know, we're getting ready to close out the end of the year. I'm actually going to finish out at the end of the year really strong, so it's going to be an episode this week and an episode next week um, with a special guest next week. But this week, you know, I've been doing a lot of planning, prepping, uh, just kind of getting things ready to, to head into the new year um, and just execute with whatever I can and everything I've been kind of cooking up. So this episode is going to be quite chill. You know, I'm going to keep it real low-key, you know, chill vibes and... um yeah, next episode, we'll crank it up before we close out the year so we can keep that energy going into next year. But um, yeah, last episode was amazing. Once again, shout out to uh, Teeny or Shanti um, and Hex for pulling up. That show was amazing despite the circumstances and um, it was a lot of fun. It wouldn't have been as much fun as it was without them there. Also, shout out to Carl for holding it down for me and uh, helping me out during that time. Just, you know, let me... Uh, be a host or just letting me you know use the space and utilize his tools so shout out to him um and yeah my phone and a couple of friends today too kind of it's gonna be super chill usually when i chill out who's texting me usually when i chill out i kind of uh call in homies for the show so i'm gonna call in a couple of homies today but let's get into it mental health check-in as always i'm straight i'm chilling man um you know, just kind of ready to execute this new year. I'm a little stressed because there are things that I'm, I'm I mean, I'll keep it a book. I'm a little stressed because of, like the debt, um, the, the debt feeling is creeping back up. And I don't mean like I'm increasing my debt. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just mean I have a really strong need to pay off debt before like I prepare to upgrade stuff, upgrade tools and my um, start going on flights, things like that. But I really want to pay off a lot of this debt or a, a good half, good portion of this debt before I start doing these things because I think it's just a responsible thing to do. But, um, you know, it's hard to pay off debt when you don't really have a source of income that allows you to put aside money to pay off debt and still pay off your bills. So that has me a little bit stressed out. But, you know, I think God's got me through that. I think, you know, I'll figure it out. I'll figure out a way to get some part-time money or, you know, put it all together. But other than that, I'm cool, man. I'm just blessed. I'm very grateful, um, you know, I'm just, just grateful to be doing what I'm doing, to be where I'm at, to be having met and continue meeting the people that I've been meeting, um, just seeing my friends flourish and just be alive and just speak and I'm just grateful. So I'm just very grateful and uh, appreciative for everything that's going on, where I'm going and where I've been. So that would be my mental health check-in, you know, slightly stressed, but very grateful. Um, but let's get into... The talk of today's uh, episode, like I said, it's going to be real chill, nothing too crazy. But I do want to break down music. Because last episode, we talked about the top uh, top five albums of 2019. We threw in some episodes, I mean some, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We threw in some albums of the decade that were our favorites. And one thing, Keitronada announced that he was going to drop Bubba, which we haven't heard from Keitronada. Let me pull up my Spotify Hi, Spotify. Uh, K. Trinata announced that he was going to drop a track pretty last minute. Like, it wasn't something super new. But we hadn't really heard from K. Trinata since 2016. That's when he dropped 99.9%. It was damn near three years ago. So, he comes to close out uh, the end of the year with his new album called Bubba. 17 songs, 50 minutes. Featuring Iman Amari, Mick Jenkins, Sir, Kaliuchis, Masego, Vanjess, uh, Estelle, Goldlink, Tidra Moss, Tanache, and Pharrell Williams. Man, um, where do I want to start with this? Katrina, let's start with the artwork. This artwork is super dope. Um, it's not as, um, I guess you can say, graphic design digital you know digital design focused as the first album was this one's more you know portrait mode with a little bit of an adjustment with his eyes he recently released an interview with um zane Lowe for um beats radio and basically said his title came from the inspiration of just like the strain of weed like bubble kush or whatever he doesn't know why but he, he does smoke 
and he doesn't know why, but that's kind of where he, the name he landed on. Um, but the artwork looks pretty dope. It's kind of like, it looks, I don't know, just judging by the artwork, I just kind of knew things were going to be dope because you just see the two pupils and the dilation of eyes and just Katra's face. And to me, it just seemed like it was going to, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. You never know what to expect from Katra. He just gives you whatever he's feeling and what he's creating. And he doesn't always go off people's, I don't know, like what they want. You know, kind of gives us what, what he needs or what, what's kind of going on in his palette. Which is why I actually enjoy Katra and I's music so much. I have a totally different respect for artists who do that kind of stuff. And I just, I don't know, I just enjoy their music more. I just enjoy their music more. There's no formula to what they do. They just do what they love and they just figure out how can they push it to the limit and stretch it and be exper experimental and all those things but let's get to the music so like i said 17 tracks and honestly this is dope i'm just gonna kind of give my overall review now this is super dope um like a great sophomore debut um from k trinata great follow-up to 99.9 percent .9%, which was an amazing an amazing album from beginning to start I'm not going to sit here and also compare the two. I don't want to be that like, oh, 99% is, uh, 99.9% .9 is better than Bubba because, or Bubba is better than 99.9%. Like, both bodies of work, that was crazy. Both bodies of work kind of live in their own moment. It's been so long from Katra. I don't want 99%. I just want whatever Katra is going to give because his style is so unique and refreshing. You know, so whatever he has to offer, I'll, I'll be pleased with it, honestly. He's an artist that you don't really go into his music with expectations. This album, like I said, it just felt like the artwork, too. It's a great mixture and balance of features. It's very refreshing to hear Kate Trinata again after three years. It's been a long, long time, but he's finally back. And it was amazing for him to open up the track, open up the album, with his first feature out the gate with being Iman Amari, somebody who's also a producer, um, and, you know, uh, artist himself. So to kind of hear those two pairings and two kind of like-minded minds together on a track was, was really interesting. And it was executed really well. It was a super dope opening to keep the album strong because the album starts off really strong and it carries on throughout the 17 tracks pretty strong for the most part. And we'll touch on where I have my grievance, but the album actually was really strong throughout throughout most of it. And Kate not really, you know, yeah, what Katrinata does, man. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I'm also trying to get better at describing and breaking down albums without just saying, oh, they're super dope. So, um, yeah, you know, one of my favorite tracks off of this album was with Katrinata and Sir, and that was Go DJ. I think that's going to be a song that when he goes on tour and performs that, it's going to be a song that gets the crowd hype, that gets the crowd engaged because it just has that vibe to it. You know, I know Sir is usually a really cool R&B smooth kind of guy, but Katrinata's beats kind of require, most of the times, if not all the time, have a sense of up-tempo to them. They have a sense of energy to them, kind of like a heartbeat type of flow and kind of a kick drum or whatever it's called to them. So at, with Sir being on this flow, he actually floated on it. You know, Sir didn't sound out of pocket. He didn't sound out of place. It didn't sound forced. It sounded very natural and very cohesive. Um, so to hear Sir on, you know, kind of involve himself into Keishinata's world and Keishinata kind of adapt to what Sir's kind of, I guess you can say comfortable with was very interesting because it came out more upbeat. It still was something that allowed him to have that kind of soft voice and, you know, soulful energy, I guess you can say. So I can definitely see this being one of the songs that he performs at festivals and shows that gets the crowd hype, requires a lot of, uh, crowd anticipation and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he just follows that right back up, like, boom, straight back with Mick Jenkins, somebody who was a frequent collaborator. They've been collaborating on music since, man, since Mick Jenkins had uh, The Waters, way, or I think it was called The Waters of THC. I think it was called The Waters, but since way, 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 way back, they've been collaborating and they've been making songs ever since. Keitra was featured um, on a lot of production for his recent two albums that Mick Jenkins has made, and they've just been cooking up ever since. So, you know, it's only right that Mick Jenkins is featured on this album. I don't think he was featured on 99.9%. So this is the first time I think Mick is featured on Kater's album instead of vice versa. Um, and Gray Area was super dope. Like I said, you can just tell the cohesiveness, 
their energy and chemistry that they have in the studio and the way they make music is just I definitely foresee a future collab um in the future maybe 2021 because I know they're Cage is still making a lot of his independent music and, and getting ready to probably go on tour. I know McJenkins is getting ready to drop a project probably sometime next year and he's in getting engaged and, you know, people are just getting older, getting into a different art space, getting into a different light, uh, life space. But even Cage said he can see them making a project in the future because they have so much in the vault too. So that'll be something I really look forward to. Um, same thing goes with Caliuchis. I mean, Caliuchis, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Same thing goes for her too. They kind of have that similar vibe. And um, though they're different, when they come together, it's a really great blend and sound. Hearing 10% was super dope. I remember hearing 10% two years ago at a festival, international festival that Kate Trinata did. But this set was recorded. The whole set was recorded. And um, it was just like premium, really good quality. And I would just sometimes be doing work, creating stuff, or just around the house cleaning up or whatever. And I would literally play it on YouTube and he would play, excuse me, I have a hiccup, it's like crazy. He would um throw in 10% in his in his set and, you know, he was like world premiere exclusive, but I liked the joint. Like I was one of the standout joints from the whole set and I worked with his music heavy, but it was a standout joint. So to finally hear him not only release 10% as the single, but just to finally, you know, hear it in its totality and, and, you know, high quality and all those kind of things, you know, it still sounds good and it still sounds refreshing. So that was nice to hear. It was also nice to hear, um, don't stone me for this. It was nice to hear Keishinata and Gold Link. As much as we may not like Gold Link right now, and, you know, there's a lot of gripe with his um, musical integrity, I think is, is, is the best way to put it. Um, Kate Trinata and Goldlink make really good music. They make good music on uh, 99.9% and they do it again on Bubba. So, you know, despite what we may think or how we may feel about Goldlink right now, uh, he delivered on Kate's album, which is satisfactory for me because I would, you know, I don't want Goldlink to not deliver on Kate Trinata's album after waiting three years. You know what I mean? It just wouldn't be right. So, shout out to Goldlink for just killing that. Um,. Man, overall, this is just why I love Keitronada, man. He gives fans what they want, um, and he's comfortable with understanding his taste and, like, his fan base without forcing a sound. Very tasteful additions. You know, note, he doesn't have sounds that are overshadowed by huge artists. And he has, like, more music coming. He said in the interview he has more music coming. He plans on doing a beat tape. So I'm really looking forward to this, you know, new year full of Keitronada and just let Bubba, you know, sit and marinate. But before I get to this next album that I don't want to talk about, I can't get into this album without giving my only gripe. To me, it's the only thing that keeps the album from being like just as good as 99.9% is. Now, I'm not, I'm not comparing it. I'm just saying it just being a, a solid, super good project that I can see myself enjoying and playing back. Because not, I mean, Bubba is also an album that you can just press play and let go. And that's what I love. Like, I, There's not many albums that you can press play and let go. There's a lot of albums that you press play and end up skipping a track or two or whatever. And this is not one of those. So there's a track at the end called, um, let's see, let me pull it up here. Track at the end called Midsection. But it's, I think it's the longest track on the album at 4 minutes and 49 seconds. And it features... It's like a dream collaboration, you know, it's Kei Trinata and Pharrell, and I'm a big fan, I'm a huge, if you know me, I'm a huge fan of Pharrell, um, musically, uh, you know, stylistically, um, you know, his activism, just a big fan of Pharrell, period, you know what I mean, so, I remember he has a, uh, a Beats Radio called Othertone. He hasn't made it in a long time. Him and Scott Venner haven't made it in a long time. But there was an episode with Kei Trinata and Goldlink. And they were just talking. I remember when, when it was Kei Trinata and Pharrell and Scott Venner talking. Pharrell was very excited to work with Kei And Kei I guess he was, he was, I don't know, he's kind of hard to read in interviews. But you can tell he was kind of humbled by it and like, excited to work with somebody like Pharrell because you know he probably always dreamed of working with like such a legend so going into this track um didn't know what to expect did not know what to expect I never really know what to expect from Pharrell because he's another one of those people 
um, artist who will give you kind of what he's feeling and, and um, give you creation based off of feeling, emotion, or just kind of what he, where he was at and not give you something based off of like fan reaction or rooted in fan reaction or what the crowd wants. But this midsection was not, to me, it wasn't it. And I love Pharrell. I love Katra, but this just wasn't it. I was super let down. I was like, this track has the potential to just like really send this whole album home. And it, it just didn't do that for me, man. And it was kind of a bummer. I really, really, really hope they work again in the future because I know they can make something way doper than this. I just know they can. Um, but like I said, even though I'm disappointed with a track that I thought was just going to be fire, that does not take away from the album. If you have not heard the album, go listen to it. It's a Bubba on all streaming platforms. Go check that out now. But another album I wanted to talk about was the Free Nationals. Now, for those who aren't familiar with Free Nationals, um, you may know Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack's band is, you guessed it, the Free Nationals. Um, without the Free Nationals, there really is no Anderson Pack. And I mean that in the sense that not to take away from Anderson Pack's um, talent and, and and skills and his ability to just be an all-around great artist, but a lot of those back sounds, a lot of those drums, guitars, soul, funk, you can't just like fake that shit. That has to come from a legit band. That's what brings the authenticity. That's where the real soul and spirit of it all comes from. And that's where the Free Nationals kick in. If you ever see Anderson Pack live, you're also doing yourself a disjustice. You definitely need to make sure you see him. But if you look into what his band brings in, you know, it, it just it just adds a whole new life to Anderson Pack's energy and performance. And they're just great individually and together as a band. Um, so, you know, it's only a matter of time before, you know, the amazing Anderson Pack stepped, not stepped aside, but allowed to use his platform to let his band shine with their own debut album. Um, which I believe is also self-entitled Free Nationals. Let me let me click it here just to make sure. Yeah, it's called Free Nationals. Um, and this album is 13 tracks, 41 minutes, featuring Daniel Caesar, J.I.D., uh, Khadija Bonet, Sid, of course, Anderson Pack, Caliuchis, Mac Miller, T.I., Chronics, <laughs> Conway, Westside Gun, and Joyce Rice. And um, honestly, this album is, is, is super great. It's another one of those albums that it just kind of sets itself apart from everything else musically. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is for everybody, but it's hard to not like this and the vibe that it gives off. I love the artwork. Let's start there. The artwork I love is because it's awesome. It's, like, it's very simple. It's aesthetically pleasing, but still funky, which is like, I like when the artwork portrays kind of what you're going to get from the album and i think this artwork that they've chose and have chosen for their singles is done it's very minimalistic but you know it, it, it uses like the color and the gold and certain like designs to where it, it, it still kind of gets the point across and it's just nice and smooth just like the music man just like the music the whole time so honestly you know if um this album would have maybe came out sooner this is an album that would have definitely been in my top 10 albums of the year as a personal favorite. Favorite, Because I've realized with Free Nationals, it's similar to Keitronada. It's a vibe that only few can create. Um, the same way I feel about Fly Low, Terrace Martin, and Thundercat, it's how I feel with the Free Nationals. And what I mean by that is it's just a distinct sound, and they give you a distinct feeling, a distinct groove that you can't really duplicate. If I tell you, show me like a Thundercat sound or somebody who sounds like Thundercat, you probably won't really find anybody. You may find Fly Low, but they also sound super different just because they work so much. But even with Fly Low, find me a sound that sounds like Fly Low. You will not find that. Same thing with Katra. You know, there's artists out there. Um, also, same thing with Pharrell. There's artists out there who you, is very... It is very difficult to duplicate their sound and their sound is so distinct that it really just automatically adds just a whole new kind of uh, light to their name because of what they create is just like an instant, um, it's just an instant, what am I looking for? You instantly recognize who it is 
based off the sound, like Pharrell's four count. Um, that's like a base. Like you instantly you're like, oh my god, that's Pharrell. Catronada has I can't. I do not know how to physically or verbally say this, but Catronada has a sound where you're like, oh, that's Catra, and I don't know how to verbally put that to you, but he has it there. And I feel like Free Nationals are gonna is a group, and it's a group that's gonna continue to have that sound. Um, like I said, it's just funky, groovy, and they're just all so talented in their own rights. And when they come together, it's like the damn Transformers. You know what I mean? So it's just super dope. I don't remember any of their names, but I wish I could list them off because they're definitely worth knowing individually. Man, super great album. Um, I felt like this album kind of went under the radar, but you know, it is their first album. Um, from you know, aside from being tied with Anderson Pack, and they also released like five singles over the course of a year. I think the first single came out last year, and that was with Daniel Caesar. There's a whole video to it, and they released like four or five tracks, you know, throughout periodically throughout the year, um, more towards like the fall of the year. But nonetheless, this album is great. Um, I cannot wait to see them perform these things live. It's a damn near perfect album. The production is amazing. The flow is great. Features, once again, they just complement the musical genius and per- perfection of the Free Nationals. I would have never thought that I would hear fucking Conway. Who was it? Fucking Conway and Westside Gun with the Free Nationals? It does not make any sense. But somehow, they find a way to make it work. Same thing with T.I. Like, I wasn't expecting that, but somehow they find a way to make that shit work and sound dope. And you can't help but respect and enjoy that sound. You know what I mean, I have so many favorite tracks off this project. It would just be super pointless to list, to list them all. So I'm not going to do it. But this is an album that you just press play, let it go, and you just vibe out. Whether it be wintertime, on the beach, with the family, at the cookout, whatever it is, this shit jams. So, you know, that's that's it musically. I just really, really want to dive into those two albums. Roddy Rich also dropped an album, super dope, but I just didn't want to sit here. I'm still getting comfortable with talking like by myself and doing double episodes, so forgive me. I just don't want to bore y'all to death with a bunch of music talk, um, which sounds weird because it's like that's what my podcast is kind of about. But like I said, hey, I'm I'm fucking learning to do this dolo episodes, so yeah. Um, but speaking of music, let's get into some music. This is somebody um, I've actually discovered her through a show that came out this year. Um, called Rhythm and Flow. It was with Chance, Cardi, and T.I. And it was this um, lady by the name of Ray Khalil. And she was amazing. She was so fire. She was actually somebody I was really rooting for from the jump. Like when I saw her auditions, I was like, oh, she's fire. I, I really appreciate her lyrical ability, her flow, her like her, her confidence. You know what I mean? She just seems unwavered. Um, I was fucking hurt if you i mean if you ever watched the show by now whatever but you should definitely go check it out if you haven't rhythm and flow on netflix still um there's an episode where she was getting to a rap battle with this woman other woman i forgot her name but um she did lose that battle and i was super upset because the way that she was acting towards ray was fucking crazy and was very unprofessional and it was very like Oh, it just made me like not like that woman for a long time. So to this day, I kind of like, man, like this fucking bullshit because Ray should have went further. I really like would have liked to see her do music videos and all that kind of stuff. But nevertheless, that's still an amazing look. She still did amazing. Um, and uh, she got a fan out of me in that show, which is, you know, probably why you go. So I'm going to put y'all on Ray Khalil if you don't know who she is already. I'm going to play you two tracks. Her most recent track, I believe, is called Firefly. And the track after that is going to be a track called Believe in Me. So let's get into this music. So shy, I bring 
amazing highly talented ray khalil and that track you just heard was believe in me um and the track before that was firefly shout out to ray khalil hope you're listening and if you are listening i would love to have you on the podcast one day i'll literally fly my black ass out there to do an episode so people can really get to know you and your story and continue to hear your musical talent just want to put that out there but that was ray khalil um you know, I almost thought that I was not going to have enough content to really do this chill episode and really fill it up. But look at how God works. You know, the music gods blessed us with one of the first interviews from Andre Three Stacks, Andre 3000 from the legendary Outcast duo. 
um, in years, in a very long time. Um, he did a, mm, I'd say about an hour and some change podcast with Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin has a podcast called the Broken Record Podcast, and um, it's super dope. Also, we definitely check that out. Rick Rubin is an icon, and it's amazing to hear him talk to these other icons and legends, um, just like this episode. But before I get into this talk, I don't want to have this conversation without my homie here. Um, but my homie's back at home. But me and Devin are huge, uh, Devon are, are huge Andre Three Stacks fans. Um, we're also pretty big podcast fans as well. He's been saying he wants to be on a podcast. So this is going to be his time to be on the show. So let's call him in real quick. Let me pull it up. Mm, we're going to FaceTime audio him. FaceTime audio usually has the best quality. So let's FaceTime audio him in. I think this will work. Put you on speaker. He better answer. Hey, yo. Hello. What's up, man? What's up, man? This is Devin from the No One Cares podcast. You're finally on. Oh, yeah. What's up, man? What's cracking, bro? Um, Let me get some shit straight here for a minute. Hold on real quick, bro. All right, bro. So what's cracking? Welcome to the show. Long distance, you feel me? I know you've been wanting to be on a podcast, so I finally got you back on. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing, by the way? You doing good? Oh, yeah, man. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Bad, I'm bro. actually watching Star Wars right now. Like the movie or like just a sh- like the, the, what's the shit called? The Mandalorian? Oh, no. I'm watching the movie. I'm starting from episode one. I ain't never seen them before. So. Oh, damn, bro. Oh, shit. All right. Well, let's get this conversation so you can finish that shit up. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Andre 3000, I, I just finished saying Andre 3000 did a very rare interview with Rick Rubin for the Broken Record podcast. What did you kind of learn and take away from it overall before you kind of nitpick it a little bit? Oh, man. Well, like, I learned that Three Stacks is a, a lot like regular, a lot more like regular people than you would, like, think. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, he thinks about insecurities, things of that nature, and even like self-doubt and stuff like that. It's good to know that even the biggest stars deal with that type of stuff too, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I didn't expect for him to be so self-reflective, but it was also very refreshing to hear him speak about that kind of stuff. And for Rick Rubin to be receptive and to give feedback from an honest perspective that kind of helped him be better mentally and just creatively that was really like encouraging to me oh no for sure i that's why i like i listen to pretty much all of rick rubin's little interviews with artists that i like because he always speaks from a good place and an encouraging place you know what i'm saying yeah no he definitely does i noticed that with the um pharrell one i mean the pharrell one wasn't with the broken record podcast but it was yeah. very similar structure and style just on youtube and it was the same way like to hear him this is the thing to me I think Rick Rubin being who he is And having a track, track record that he does It's only somebody like that It's the reason why I fuck with Joe Button so heavy too Only certain artists And just people um, Can bring that out of an artist In a conversation I wouldn't want to see Charlamagne the God Interview Andre I don't want to see Zane Lowe interview You know Andre Three Stacks or or Pharrell, you know what I mean? Because they just don't like they're asking questions from a different perspective, as in like a musician or somebody who can really relate to them can have a conversation on a whole new level that the fans can really like appreciate. No, hundred percent, I get that because they actually get it because they've been through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it was super nice to hear Rick Rubin just like talk about. Like I think um, let's start with Andre was saying talking about music. How do you how did you feel when he was telling tell, kind of talking about how he's just not feeling feeling he's not feeling the conviction to like do music and he's just not feeling it right now? It was as a fan, just because like Three Stacks is one of my inspirations, just right. like as a person, as a creative. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of disheartening, but I get it because mm-hmm. even like even in like my my creative journey, I suppose. I started out with photography, but then even like right now, photography is kind of on the back burner of like what I'm thinking about because I'm kind of tired of it, if that makes sense. 
are you tired of doing it? You just have the love for it, or you're just like it's just not like Andre said, it's not pulling you. hundred because not that I don't love it, I still love taking pictures. I love cool photos and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, it's just not doing it for me like it used to. Yeah, that's why when he said it, it I was happy because I wouldn't know any other way. Like I wouldn't, I don't yeah. know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's feeling. But to know that he, like, this is my thing. A lot of people went ahead and took it as like, oh, we love Andre too much, and that's why he's not making music. And we'll get to that in a bit, but my thing was like, damn, he really puts things into perspective. And like you said, he's a real human being who has social anxiety and just, you know, like he actually goes through some more mental, you know, I don't want to say handicaps, but more mental things than I think people ever, ever originally thought because when you're an artist, no one ever teaches you how to be famous and how to deal with that kind of shit. And sure. um, hearing him say that he has the desire to make an album and want to make music, but it's just not clicking and not hitting him, not convicting him, was an interesting dichotomy because it's like the love and passion that we always hope Andre has for music is still there. But it's just different for him because of everything going on in his mind and his like life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, I think I don't know if he's ever gonna make music like dropping it. But that's why I was really happy to hear Rick Rubin give him advice on how to break that cycle. Yeah. You know I mean like to no, say? I, Go ahead. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty confident. Honestly, I might sound like pretty crazy, but I do think we're gonna get an Andre project at some point in time. Like 2020 or sometime? Gonna, oh, no, nah, not 2020. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? 2023, something like that. And right. I don't think it's going to be a rap album. It's just going to be like a music album. I think when he finally, like, gets, like, just gets comfortable with releasing the stuff that he wants to release. Because even though, like, he didn't necessarily say it, I kind of feel like he was saying that, like, the music that he's on isn't going to be what everybody's expecting. So he'd be hesitant to release it. Yeah. And I think, I don't think we're going to get an AT aliens. Oh no. 16 anymore. You know what I'm saying? No, we're not going to get a, I mean, we only really got one solo project from him period. And that was, and, it, and that one was off the wall. If we're being honest. Oh, a hundred percent. Or a rap album. A hundred percent. I mean, and I guess you can kind of count out of Idlewild. That was, but that was, was off the wall too. With the movie though, yeah, and it was off. It was off the wall as well. Yeah. So I think I think Andre is also having a hard time adjusting into the age of social media where everybody has an opinion, and he's not the only one. A lot of artists struggle with that. But it was just interesting to hear him be open about it and be like, "Yo, you know, everything he drops is gonna be nitpicked. How do you make music when you're already a legend? Like you have so much to live up to, yeah. and." Going back to Rick Rubin again, only Rick Rubin can give you advice. Because really what Rick Rubin did was backspin. Like, Andre was like, how do you make music as a legend? They're going to nitpick everything you do. And I don't want to make music from that kind of place with that kind of, like, garnering that kind of reaction. And, you know, just like the, the, the space he's creating from is different from what he used to create from. But then here Rick Rubin was like, yo, when people didn't fuck with you then... Some people aren't gonna fuck with you now, so like it's it's the same concept, but this it's about the perspective of what you're creating from and why you're like like the tips he was giving him about how to create, how to adjust your perspective, how to like break these certain cycles was cool because he did it in a way where it wasn't like a fan begging Andre to make music. It was just like yo, I want 100%. you to be healthy. I know that music makes you you know happy, and this is how you can kind of kind of get back into that happy place with what you love to do. Exactly, yeah. It couldn't come from anybody else pretty much except for like a Rick Rubin. Big facts. For like, I think Andre to actually take it how it was supposed to be taken. Because like you said, if Charlamagne was was saying that exact same thing, we'd just be like, well, you just want this nigga to rap again. You know what I'm saying? And Charlamagne would never. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Charlamagne would and could never. Um, But I think going back to what you said too, I think it was interesting, interesting to hear him be so vulnerable. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Like, ah, I don't know. It was just super interesting to hear him be so vulnerable and to hear it was, it kind of made me sad because it, it I, you do understand that our love for Andre has in a sense pushed him away. And that makes uh-huh. sense because I think 
as fans and music consumers and how fans have, I guess, somewhat poorly adjusted to the new musical environment, um, I can understand how we put so much pressure on our artists to give us what we want when we want it, especially after waiting forever. You know what I mean? Like, no, a hundred percent. Is he? He pretty much like have the LeBron effect in basketball because you know how now if LeBron gets twenty seven, ten, and eight, where it's like, oh, he does that. Yeah, it's still absolutely amazing. But like, so if so if Andre does something and it's not necessarily to the standards, he's of washed. Our old outcast, then he's washed out yeah. of like all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy, bro. Because it's the same way with Frank Ocean. Yeah, you know, and like to hear it with Andre is just different because Andre raised in a fucking entire generation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think some of these kids these days are just so ungrateful, bro. So ungrateful. The musical landscape has changed. I don't even know if Andre today would make music for like who it would even cater to. Not saying he would make music catering to somebody, but like I don't know who that audience would be. Other than his fans, but if he if he made music for his fans alone, I think that's a a base that is super sustainable and appreciative. Oh, a hundred percent. But you know, when you come from the biggest rap group ever, it's kind of a you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it'd probably, it'd probably be a different feeling not getting such a warm reception. No, I, 100%. I'd like to think you know what I'm saying because you you. The greatest rapper ever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially after being gone for so long and just hearing yeah. his social issues. Like, I didn't know he had social anxiety so bad. Yeah, but I can definitely understand that. Yeah, most of sure. these struggling like, artists like that are, are the most creative geniuses and they just struggle. And it was interesting to hear, to, like I said, to hear him and Rick Rubin go back and forth about why you know, having social anxiety and never deal, never learning how to deal with those things and understanding what they are later and learning how to cope and being in the spotlight so it's almost impossible to cope with these anxieties and just how, like, that downward spiral has... Not only, like, we're starting to see how bad it is now, but it's been going on for, for generations. We just never saw it until now. So to hear Andre be affected by it was like, whoa, because Big Boy seems like one of the most, like... Big Boy's been making music for a long time. He does interviews all the time, you know. But he's also not Andre. I remember Andre was being. I think Andre was the big reason why they didn't even go on tour, because of just he didn't want to. You know what I'm saying? Like he really didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I guess it's interesting to kind of just hear his backstory and, and to hear his side on things. Like, I made it made me sad when he said he gets so much joy out of just going to the laundromat. And I hope you fucking kids don't go out there and try to find him at the laundromat and ruin. Like, leave Andre alone. Yeah. Let him live his fucking life, bro. Y'all niggas who get starstruck over the legends, I get it. But they're human beings. They're regular people that are just super talented. That's yeah, it. People tend to forget that. Often. Like, they go through enough already, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when I was a kid, I never understood how stressful it is to be famous or how difficult it could be to be famous. I always thought it was like a luxury and it just gave you the key to the city. But hearing people like Andre talk, I watched an interview recently with Amir Van. Oh yeah, I just saw the Sway one. Uh, yeah, the Sway one. That was interesting. Yeah. So just to hear like, it really changes shit, bro. And I, oh, I remember my girlfriend would tease me and be like, oh, you want to be famous so bad. And it's like, no, I never want to be famous. I want to be well known so I can help people like, and you know, really make a change, but I don't ever want to be famous like that shit. Like, I still want to be able to live a normal life, you know what I mean? But like, I guess the world there's an allure to being famous, you know what I mean? No, a hundred percent. Because there's the good and bad parts, but it's, the bad part is you have to live your life and make all your mistakes in front of everybody for the rest of your life. Really yeah, man. And people like online act like you can't make mistakes. Yep. One hundred percent. And like that's why I don't know I don't know if Andre three thousand will ever make music again or like put out music music again. Um but I hope he keeps that type circle of people around him and he finds a way to make it from a happy place. Cause if Andre makes beats, like if whatever he decides to do 
I guess kind of it kind of reminds me of like I wonder how Erica Badu handles her music, um, her 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 music because she does she hasn't made an album in a long time either, but she still dabbles in music. But she she's kind of like always on the scene. She DJs too, and she moves. You know what I'm saying? And it makes me wonder how does she handle those things? Because she also seems like somebody who's not very social either. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like I wonder how some of these artists who are at that status that like Andre is handle those kind of things. Ironically, I say Erica too, which is crazy. That's the queen. Shout out to her. For sure. Are you trying to pull up to her birthday party next year? I'm sorry? You trying to pull up to her birthday party next year in Dallas? You talking about it for real? I'm talking about it. I've been trying to go for years, bro. Dog. Let's go. We we moving. To, in 2020, we moving, bro. We, we're going yes. places. Yes, yes. 100%. Big facts. Um, But let's see. What, what else I want to touch on this, Andre? Um, three stacks. All in all, um, I don't think overall after hearing it, it was very insightful. I actually, it was very actually, actually made me happy just to hear from Andre and to hear how he's doing because also as a big fan, just such as you are, Devon, um, as such a big fan, it's it's nice to hear from him. It's nice to hear him be okay and to be transparent and just to know where his mind is at going forward because I think that's the thing that's so unsettling sometimes is that we just don't know. So I think going forward for a lot of people, because we get this interview, I think we'll be okay with the silence of Andre 3000 because he's spoken. Yeah, I mean, we're always going to want music from people. We always want music from the legends. Niggas still are waiting for Tupac to come back. Like, that's just how it's going to be. But I think it just puts you at a different place when an artist comes out and gives you an answer. Like, if Frank Ocean wants to come out and be like, yo, like, I'm just not working on music right now, or, like, I'm focusing on, you know what I'm saying? I think people would be okay with not getting that shit for a minute. So I think the same way with Andre. I think there's a lot of peace in knowing where he's at. Um, And, yeah. What what, what did you kind of get from it overall towards the end as well, kind of thinking about it? Um, I was, yeah, kind of basically what you said. It was just cool hearing from him again. I'm glad that he's working through some stuff. I'm, it's, it's it's cool hearing that he's found problems and he's trying to fix those. You know what I'm saying? It's always good to hear when people are talking about what they're going through because sometimes people try to act like everything's okay when it's not. Yeah. And I felt really... That's the, and it was, kind of going back to it real quick. There was one part where I felt really bad for him because... He was talking about the level of his social anxiety. And then he spoke about how, like, comfortable he is just being by himself and, like, being alone. And it's like, damn, like, that worries me just because of how scary of a place. He also was open about, you know, the amount of time that that allows you to be inside your own mind and let your brain work and it can damage you and tear you up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, damn, I just really hope that the friends that he does keep, you know, are people who constantly check on him and, and, and monitor how he's feeling and just, you know what I'm saying? Oh, no, 100%. Uh, that's the one part I can, like, super relate to him on. That's, how, that's how you are? Lot, you know what I'm saying? So, like, hearing that from somebody else that I really look up to, it's like, okay. Yeah. That's a, it just, oh, and even he brought up he brought up the Malcolm Gladwell book too. And it was funny because like he was talking about how he doesn't necessarily read a lot, but mm-hmm. he read that book and he really enjoyed it. And like, I'm halfway through that book right now. And it's a really good book. Malcolm Gladwell outliers. Please go read. I need you to send that to me, bro. Not the book that you're reading right now, but like the title and shit. So I can go look it up. Yeah. Because I don't read books either. But if you recommend it, I usually will try to read it. Oh yeah, bro! Please, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. It's a, it's such a it's such a good read. Bet, big bets, bro. All right, well, we're gonna get into some music real quick. Um, first off, you know, Dev, appreciate you answering, staying up, taking my call, and just um, of course, being my fucking friend, dog, being my road dog throughout this year. Before I let you go, man. is there anything you wanna wanna speak? into existence for 2020 before I get into this music um I just want to have the opportunity to show my 
show my passions in a in a bigger light. I fuck with that, bro. You wouldn't even got. And what's funny is I know exactly what you mean. So you wouldn't even gotta say no more. Cause I get it. Yeah. One hundred percent. Well, bro, I appreciate uh, you answering, and I will be hitting you up really soon. Yes, bro. I'll see you soon, bro. It's love. Appreciate you for having me on. For sure, bro. Bet. Hit me up. Yeah, man. I'll see you soon. All right, bet. All right, man. I love that guy. That's my guy. That's like a little bro. Um, but let's get into some music. Colorado's own one of the most amazing producers out here. Um, a nice producer, beat makers, artist. One of my personal favorites, Autumn Keys. I think he just dropped a project. I think it's about a month old. I'm not sure. But we're gonna play two tracks off that thing. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that. Two tracks off that thing. Um, the first track is gonna be Brace, and the next track is gonna be For Good. So let's get into this uh, Autumn Keys music. Thank you. 
that was Autumn Keys, and that was, I think, off his maybe latest project. Um, like I said, I think I dropped about a month ago. So, shout out to Autumn Keys. That was For Good, and the track before that was Brace. Like I said, y'all, this is going to be a super chill episode. Um, I'm trying to save up a lot of my energy for the last episode and just to kick off shit into the new year. Super heavy, so... We're just going to have the four songs. We're going to, you know, kind of keep it at what we have right now. So we're actually going to jump into the prayer list. Um, real quick, I just want to say, once again, as we get ready to close into the end of the year, just in case I forget to say this, I appreciate every single one of you motherfuckers who uh, listen to my podcast, whether one episode, 15 minutes, uh, shared it to a friend, asked me podcast questions. Um, this has been a great year. For me to be doing this podcast, God has been so, so good, no matter how hard things have gotten. And I really think that um, I'm this podcast is a part of my purpose. And I can't wait to see where this leads me to, the doors that it opens and the key that this becomes. So everybody who has supported the No One Cares podcast, No One Cares brand, or just Devin, No One Cares himself, thank you very much. I genuinely appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And I cannot wait to keep creating um, one thing I think Rick Rubin said in this pod, uh, in his uh, in his podcast with Andre Three Stacks was, um, you know, sometimes it's just more important to create, you know, from a place of love and what you like to do and maybe share it to a couple of friends and find peace within that. Um, but don't focus so much on what everybody else wants you to make or the reception that you may receive from other people. I think that was a great reminder towards the end of the year to continue making what I love, doing what I love, showing my friends who are honest with me, who will critique me, who will give me honest feedback. Um, and me being happy with that and being confident within that and being able to release it out to the public. So once again, thank you for everybody who has been supporting Devin or who's been supporting Devin, me and the no one cares brand over the years. I'm going to try to make this real random phone call. I'm going to get into the prayer list, but the homie Brittany just graduated and uh, college. Big shout out. And I'm going to try to give her a phone call, uh, a surprise phone call, because I do not call Brittany at all. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but we usually, excuse me, we usually just text. So I'm going to try to surprise her with the phone call because it's a chill episode and I got time. So fuck it. So, uh, let's see if she answers. She probably won't answer. I don't think she's ever really answered my phone call. Let's see if she answers. That FaceTime audio hit different. Hello? Congratulations! Aw, thank you. I, you're on the podcast. I'm recording the episode 60 right now. And I felt like I wanted to just randomly surprise call... And tell you congratulations before I get into my prayer list because I'm super, super happy and proud of everything you've done. I'm very happy and blessed to have met you and to see your growth, to see what you've done, to get to know you and to really, you know, genuinely consider you to be like one of my fucking best friends, basically. Aww. Um, so I'm just very proud of you and I'm excited to see what's coming. And I'm excited to see this whole like post-college shit really hits you hard <laughs> because when it does and knocks you on your ass, I can't wait to try to help you get back up and keep going. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, you were supposed to do it the way Joe Budden does it when he's like, hi, this is Joe from the Joe Budden podcast, you know, to warm people up. Let me know I'm on air. <laughs> nah, I was, I was like, nah, I'm 100% surprise call. I'll let her know, but I'm going to get my shit off because this is like my, my chill voice. episode. My voice sounded all low energy and shit. I was like, hey. <laughs> I know, right? She don't fuck with me at all. Either. I have no friends. Oh, but oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, shit got pretty real, you know. It's slowly setting in, but I know it's nothing compared to real post-grad life. So I'm definitely going to be reaching out to you and Tammy because a bitch going to need some help. Facts. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm going to be doing. <laughs> where, are you gonna, where are you going to move to? Um, well, I'm going to be staying out here for now because I have my internship for about six to seven months. So um, when that ends in the summertime, it really just depends. If I get offered some type of job or opportunity, then I might stay in the Austin area and just get a new lease. But other than that, then I'll just be going back home to Dallas. 
Okay, I fucks with it. Either way, I think it'll be good. Yeah, same. And when I come back into town, which should be top of next year, be free. Like January. Like between January and April. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So actually, sometime soon. But we'll see though, because you don't have good luck. Your flight what? will fuck around and be your flight will be canceled. Or something would happen to where you're not. Hey yo, able to hey leave. yo, who are you talking to? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Take that not all back. Spe- not speaking it into existence though. You wild. You literally just did that. No. <laughs> now I won't see your ass to the fucking fall because you wilding. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But look what happens. Look, I call. I call to give out positive vibes, and look what she gives me back. She just shits on me. No, no, we gotta come. We actually gotta do a um a collab episode. Yes. Because we ha- didn't do that the last time. We weren't able to, so we have to make that happen. That's for sure. That's trust me, and we'll talk about that later because I have plans for 2020, and that is actually in the plans. So trust that. Okay. Okay. Okay, but I know it's like it's ten thirty four over here, so it's eleven thirty four over there. I know you gotta take your ass to bed. So I just wanted to call you and tell you that. Sorry for being so random and if I woke you up, I'm sorry, but I just wanna call and tell you that. <laughs> You're fine. I'm a cooking peach cobbler anyway, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it. Nigga's cooking peach cobbler at eleven at night. <laughs> Sick. Sick. <laughs> That's wild. Alright, well finish cooking shit up before you burn the house down. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Alright, bye. Alright, bye. Okay, folks. Now let's get into the prayer list. That's kinda how I want to start it off. Um on my prayer list I have uh of course we just said Brittany for uh for graduating. Congratulations. I also just talked to Tammy recently, so I just want to keep putting her on the prayer list as well. Who else? Um uh, you know, Aaliyah, my girlfriend and her mom, keeping her on the prayer list, her family just Holiday shit, keeping them, uh, holiday stuff. Sorry to curse on the prayer list. Keeping them on the prayer list. Um, I want to put, and I'm saying her name wrong because I'm still learning how to say it. So forgive me. But, uh, Tion, I think it's Tion, T-I-O-N-N-E. Um, I met her earlier this year, very briefly. Fuck, uh, freaking hilarious person. Just for that time that we hung out together. And we recently had, uh, got the chance to sit down. And what turned into, you know, what was supposed to be like a little bit of a networking conversation for 30 minutes turned into a three hour conversation about networking and so much more. And I'm actually uh, looking forward to actually just us being really tight and and, um, our bond growing stronger over the next couple of uh, over the next you know year because she's super cool. And I just um, I rock with her heavy and I think she's really good people. And I can't always uh, say that I'm excited to get to know. Or that sounds crazy. I, I just, I'm she just somebody who I'm, I really am rooting for right now after meeting her off the, off the first term basis, and I'm excited to uh, get to know her and for us to help each other grow and just be successful, just like I do with all my other creatives. Um, so yeah, I want to keep her on the prayer list. Who else do I want to keep on the prayer list? Um, yo, I'm just gonna reiterate and keep myself on the prayer list. There's a lot of things that I'm shooting for, um, a lot of things that I'm trying. To accomplish and plan, and um, I just pray that I don't let myself get in the way, and I let God lead the way through the things that I want to do. Period. You know, I don't want to move on my own accord. I want God to help me lead those steps, and if there's a step that I'm going to take that's ahead of His, I help. I pray He helps me slow down and um, do the right thing and execute things correctly so they can ha- they can last long um, and and be successful. Um, and last but not least, all creatives on um, who are creating things, especially my black creatives, stay strong. Excuse me. Ooh, stay strong. Carry that energy into the next year. And just prepare to, to dominate. And when I mean dominate, I don't mean that in a competitive way. But I just mean like, you know, be ready to go out there and really do the things that you've been dreaming on. Don't wait. You know what I mean? You, if this was the year that you were planning or this was the year where you are just going through a rough patch, Hop into this next year and, and, and just have a new sense of confidence. You know what I mean? Be blessed. Be grateful that you have another year, another, you know, what do they say? Another trip around the sun and uh, make stuff happen, you know? Um, but 
yo i think that's it i appreciate y'all like i said we're gonna keep it a little bit shorter than usual which i think yeah we'll keep it a little bit shorter than usual because that was next episode i'm you know I'm go out with a bang but um yeah nothing else to be said think we out much love to y'all peace happy holidays and i'll see y'all around christmas peace